0: Escaping the Odds podcast is a movement of freedom in the physical and financial sense We highlight people who bounce back from prison by switching hustles and a mindset See, business has always been a part of my DNA I just went about it the wrong way which sent me to federal prison for nine years I'm bringing out dope stories of triumph That's meant to inspire and educate to take you to the next level And no matter where we come from or come from under, we can set ourselves free and escape the odds. What's up, y'all? Thank y'all for tuning in to Escaping the Odds. I'm your host, Aaron Smith. We got some dope stories for y'all today. Formerly incarcerated men and women who are now entrepreneurs. Let's get it. Better stories of men and women switching hustles and escaping the odds through entrepreneurship after prison. Not only will these stories inspire you, but also unlock business tips for financial freedom. Let's get it. Thank you all for tuning in to another dope episode of Escaping the Odds podcast, where we interview the formerly incarcerated who are now successful entrepreneurs. I got my main man here with me, Charles uh, D. Clark. Uh, you've seen him on The Empire for, for two seasons. Um, he's an upcoming film, Charm City Kings, uh, produced by Will and Jada Smith, also starring Meek Mill. Uh, definitely, man, it's going to be a dope story. Man, his brother been through a lot. Um, about eight years in federal prison, man, came home, switched hustle. So definitely uh, looking forward to this story, man. Definitely aspiring. So I want to welcome Mr. Charles D. Clark. What's up, bro? How you doing, man? What's up, my brother? How you doing? Glad feeling? to be here. Oh, Good. absolutely. Man. Yes, sir. I, absolutely, man. As I was saying, man, you got a hell of a story, man. Inspiring story, man. I can't wait till we get into it, man. And uh, let the audience know, man, a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and a lot of things you're doing. Uh, professional actor, on the come up, man, doing your thing, man. And so a um, little backstory, man. What, what, where are you from?
1: Uh, risen from Virginia, uh, but I moved to uh, Carolina, mostly, you know, my uh, going to my early teens, onto my adulthood. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I guess I'm Virginia and Carolina and, okay, um, perfect. yeah, so came from a family, uh, the countryside, grew up on a farm. Uh, my family always been, you know, family oriented and, you know, just country loving fun, man. <laughs>
0: oh, I, I, absolutely, man. Uh, so what was your first introduction to the system? When you, when uh, this was right when well, I was 21, but to turn
1: 22. Okay. How, yeah. how so how, how did you end up getting yourself in that situation? Well, um, being that my father died when I was six years old it did a big, you know, impact on me negatively because I couldn't accept the fact that he was gone, especially okay. when you're growing up. So it led to me, you know, going to the streets, gangbanging, gun enforcing, uh, did, you know, stuff as far as drug dealing. But my main MO was a enforcing. And okay. uh it led me to, you know, doing almost eight years in prison. And you know, we all know where you own that type of uh, time or, or lifestyle, there's right. only two ways out, you know, that's prison of the graveyard. So I'm fortunate um, I'm still here.
0: And no. yeah, no, yeah, no, absolutely, man. Uh, we've definitely been through a whole lot, but it was something about that, that prison sentence, man. Like for myself, uh, just being incarcerated, ripping around the streets. Uh, I was more of a of a hustler kind of a dude, right? I wasn't really into the gangs and things of that nature, man. I just wanted to get money, you know? Yeah. What comes, comes with that, a lot of other things. And so I ended up doing a little bit over nine years of federal prison as well. And so it, it really, it was my defining moment. You know, oftentimes, yeah. you know, people got situations that situation happen in their life where it's like, that's that thing that's really going to get you back on point. And for me, when I was incarcerated, like I got back to the essence of who I was, right? It's like I was able to, began to dream again. Was it like that for you as well?
1: Yeah, I, I tell people all the time I was more free in prison than I was in my in my life in the streets because I had nothing but time to reflect on what I've done. Um, you know, I had time to realize that it was more to me than just violence and chaos. Then also, yeah. too, I had more time to talk to God because I had so much stuff going on in the streets. Um, spiritually, uh, my mindset was blocked you know, uh, my wealth you or connecting with the man upstairs. So, right. um, being in prison, uh, definitely gave me a way of saying, you know what, take this time to get to know yourself,
0: but furthermore, to get to know God. No, absolutely, man. So how, how did you spend your time in college eight years? That's a, that's a long time, man. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Almost eight years, seven years and six months. Um, I, you know, my, with me, uh, working out, um, okay watching you know TV and stuff uh you know with the guys you know i had a couple homies in there and just build man you know we'll build we'll build about our dreams or what we're gonna do when we get out and stuff we cook together you know you yeah. know in prison we have different ways of fixing food that oh, most people can yeah. imagine right so we have little powwows and stuff banned in. you know sometimes we just go in there and walk around the big track you know on a pod yeah. and just and just you know just just build man and um yeah. You know, the thing about it is, is that when you're doing time, it's, if, if you utilize it right, it's not just time being wasted. Mm-hmm. You know, we had guys in there that was comedians, so it kept us laughing and our day going because a lot of guys in there was crying. You know, people dying in your family while you locked up or people who was married that, you know, Jody answered the phone. Right, so <laughs> It was like, you know, right. um, it was it was a. It hurt in some ways, but you gotta you gotta take it hurt and and transform it into something, to where it's strength. Yeah. You gotta find strength in your tribulations, and that's what I did, you know. So, I met some of the, the some of the greatest brothers I've ever want to meet. You know, people think, oh, you go to prison just as bad guy. Some people just made mistakes, and some people even stay in prison because. Hey, of hey,
0: but hey, man, yeah, I, I, <laughs> hey, I, I say that, I say the same thing, man. You know, I'm still in contact with. Like most of my guys, man, they, you know, they lifelong friends. I don't even call them friends. I call them brothers, man, you know, just because yeah. of that camaraderie. You know, I tell people all the time, if if you spend one year or two years with somebody every day, you're going to see they walk. You're going to get to know sides of them that probably people on the streets didn't have the opportunity to get to see because they wasn't around them probably every day, 24-7. And so you get the yeah. opportunity to kind of build that kind of a bond. And, you know, so it's, it's I tell people that all the time, you know, uh, like, like how you were saying, people think that because you're incarcerated, you like this this monster or something, you know. But um, it's, it's just not like that. It's it's, it's lifelong brotherhood kind of situations.
1: Oh, of course, everything is systematic um, and understanding. You know, if, I mean, you know, every walks of life that people come from. So, um, you know, to be around not just criminals or thugs or gangsters, but you're in there with doctors and lawyers with their degree at Harvard who ran multi-million dollar five, 4500 businesses and then they right. give you all the game you know it's like wow you know, this is like free college you know right. it ain't cost me like you no thousands of dollars you know i got the same you know uh intelligence and brilliance yeah. from those people from this format so again finding strength in your tribulation i tell people all the time and and prison was definitely something that if i didn't go to prison uh obviously i'll probably be dead and yeah. furthermore, just like what you have, you know, um, the testimony—that testimony, that testimony man unlocks so many blessings. And I, I honestly believe that we had to go through
0: it, you yeah. know, in order to master our purpose. Right. Absolutely, man. So I always say that, you know, it turning your pain into your into your purpose. Yep. And that's and that's, that's absolutely what you did, man. You you told me something like in our in our conversation before that you utilize your size incarcerated in a different way right as you and yeah. I both know sometimes you know people need protection you know what I mean it's just exactly. like you know you got weak people you got the weak you got the strong right it's like it's, it can't be a jungle in certain situations right and yep, so sure. but <laughs> I like I like how you utilize your size as opposed to utilizing it as you know kind of like this big uh as a threatening kind of a situation let's talk about that like with, with some of the men and women that no, some of the men I'm sorry that were um the corporate guys. So how, how was you able to work out situation with them in return for quote unquote protection?
1: Well, you know, the thing about it is that um, some of the guys needed protection. Some of the guys didn't need protection, but they assumed because of the, right. the atmosphere of prison. And, right. you know, um, when they used to come to me or I, I'd be around them, I didn't start talking with them. You know, not, don't threaten them. And I mean, of course I've never been a bully. Um, right. And, uh, you know, they would, you know, tell me about, you know, their experience and what they had and what they're going to have when they get back out and they, 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 you know, the college they've to, the universities and all the accolades. I'm just like, wow, like you are like some kind of big, brilliant, you know, CEO, you know, all the stuff, you know, like, okay, this is more viable than money. Right. So they used to, you know, when they get into certain situations or whatever, uh, they would come to me and say, hey, you know, I'll give you some money or I'll buy you a little commissary. And I says, listen to me. I said, I got money. I don't need your money. What I want is your brain. I want your intelligence. Give right. me what most people uh dream of having. You know, I'm yeah. I'm ready to build my empire when I get I'm ready to articulate and be, you know, intellectual and, and have certain conversations and build. Yeah. So they did that. And I, I was you know reading several books, you know, uh, you know, Greek mythology books, you know, books about, you know, how to you know, what tie to wear to a certain uh, meeting or you know, certain yeah. words, certain handshake, all these things that people don't take notice of on the outside. And when we think about it, we become civilian to things that are on, um, that's abnormal. Uh, mm-hmm. just like we say, the military, the military is definitely not a normal place to be. So they look at, at people, regular nine to fives, people who have a traditional way of living as civilians, where well, mm-hmm. it's like in a prison you know, you have your civilians and you have the people who's a master of their arts or whatever they're doing. And you learn from that. So um, i have just, you know, just sitting back. You know, we cook together. I'm asking about this type of word, what this word mean. They're telling me how to, you know, network and how yeah. to, you know, parlay in, in different, you know, uh, atmospheres and the companies. I just absorb it all, you know. Yeah. And and I've applied so much of that knowledge since coming yeah, to prison. And it's where it got me.
0: So. Yeah. So, so speaking of where it has has got you, did you ever imagine? You know, we always hope, right? We we, we always keep ourselves optimistic, right? We have these dreams, aspirations, and things of that nature. But go, take taking yourself back ten years, right, when you were incarcerated, uh-huh. did you did you imagine where you would be at right now? Had no idea. I, I, you know, you look at TV and
1: see actors and stuff. You're like, oh, you know, that's Hollywood, that's L.A. or New York. And with me, I had all the attributes and I think about it as, as we're talking now, you know, when yeah. I was in the streets, I had to disguise myself as certain characters. So I would never get caught in what I was doing. Oh. So I was already an actor then, you right. know, um, when I had to study different scenes, different things in the streets. So I know how to apply myself when I put into the work. Yeah. That's acting. It just it was cool. in a negative way. Right. Um when um people say certain things, I can remember the key points of that. That's acting, because that's the things you have to have, you know, when you um doing scene study or script analyzation. Yeah. So all these things, it was already predestined. And then my grandmother, as I you know, um as a lot of people know, my grandmother's the reason why I became an actor because right. she's the last moment of our life to show me that. And yeah. without my grandmother, I would have been an actor. Would've, there would have been no way possible I would even have that thought or that notion. Yeah. And, um, you know, for the people that don't know, um, the, like seven or eight months before my release, my grandma came to visit me. I been, she didn't visit me the whole entire time because she didn't want to see me in those conditions. Right. But for some reason, her, her last trip, she wanted to see me. So when my aunt, uncle brought her up there, my aunt came to me and she's like, nephew, nephew, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I said, okay, what? What's going on? She, I see grandma and I haven't seen her in my whole being. She said, your grandmother's dying. Your grandmother has dementia. She has three brain tumors. She thinks the prison yard is a military base because my dad was a special forces. And she thinks that you are your dad. And the doctors say that anything that she thinks, you have to go along with it. If you make her think, otherwise, it'll put a strain on her condition. So for two and a half hours, I became my dad. I remember everything she told me in the past, everything that my family told me, everything that my dad's friends told me. I absorbed it. I acted it out. So when I tell people in my speaking engagements or events, my grandmother gave me my first audition. That's what that means. Right. For two and a half hours, I was my dad. And the CEO that was in there, he wasn't crying because his eyes was real watering. And he said, whatever you do, Charles, whatever you do, you need to be an actor. For you to sacrifice that moment with your grandmother and for her to do that and you uh performed it and, and and basically controlled your emotions, that yeah, was an yeah. Oscar awesome moment. And that's what pushed me to be what I am today. So it's never about the money, being popular, or seeing mm-hmm. people, oh, I want to be an actor too. It was simply because she sacrificed the last, you know, uh, you know, days, you know, to come and let me know this is what it is. So mm-hmm. me doing what I'm doing as an actor, uh, is paying homage to that and also the platform was able to use my testimony to show people there's people like you and I brother, uh, we, we already, you know, took the um, the bullets, you know what I mean? We took the wounds mm-hmm. to show
0: people that you have to be locked up to find your purpose, you know? So, yeah. Man. I, hey, that was a remarkable story, man. Uh, I hear stories all the time and that right there, man, that's, that's, that's worthy of a book. Uh, I know that's probably something you got in the making down the line, but you definitely got a hell of a story with that. Now, as you and I both know, those visits can be a regular visit can be kind of draining, right? Because yes. it, it it's really our, our way to escape from the yard, right? We get in we get in a visit and we can kinda like have some sense of normalcy, right? And yes. um even well at least for myself, even before I go up there on the on the visit, you kinda have like a little butterfly in your stomach, right? Because well for me, right, because sometimes it may have been a while before you had, you know, since you had seen your family and things of that nature. So on this one particular visit man as i said before visits are already draining like yeah. what was it like going back to the dorm or, oh, to, the, or to the pod and it's like man i just did i was in full full mode you know what i'm saying and, and all the emotions that that, that that came out of that
1: well the first thing is that um and i want people to understand a lot of a lot of you know uh you know my, the cellmates was was you know was there and also other prisoners, you know what I mean? So, they was it, it, people were talking about it all over the compound. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I remember I cried, I vomited, I, wow. I, I was I was sick because I embodied so much for that. Um, you know, you look into the eyes of your grandmother who's dying, and playing the guy, your hero, your best friend, your dad, who's already dead, that's a, that's a load. That's a load. So, uh, it was like when I was throwing up and vomiting and everything and and crying and I had a sharp pain. It was sort of like me releasing some type of demons, man, that uh-huh. was just trying to take me out. It felt weird. Like it was like, man, like you know, for that moment, I wanted my grandma to acknowledge me as a grandson. Mm. And uh, but I knew that it wouldn't have um altered to me finding what I was really supposed to be doing now. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, when my grandmother died, obviously when I was in prison because I was I was hoping she'd make it until I got out, but she mm-hmm. didn't. Um, she's she's smiling down on me. She, she, you know, she she's happy that I followed through with it, and um, you know, it's been a rough road. And I, I said to myself, as I was I was watching this uh, Jimmy Fox when he was pointing his daughter and you know shouting his daughter out who was in the front row when he yeah. was when he won the Oscar for Ray, and then when he acknowledged his grandmother. I said that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, that's absolutely. my that's my other motivation. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just blessed, man. I'm blessed to to um to move forward. Uh, you know, I've been in the game almost 11 years, man. Um, yeah. doing the full time for about five. I don't won like 11, 12. I believe I think it's it's, it's, well, it's either I know it's more than 10. It's like 11 or 12 national awards for an actor. So I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go for that worldwide, like the Emmys and Oscars, and I'm well, on my way. Well, on my yeah. way. And it's not for me to say, "Hey, look at me! I'm an Oscar Emmy winner." Well, I feel like when I win, I'm winning for everybody. I'm winning for people that's poor, people who is homeless. I'm winning for the people that's in the ghettos, mm-hmm. that's in you know, the streets that we come from. I'm winning for those people who feel like they're not important enough. This is what, this is going to be for them. It's bigger than me. Yeah. But ultimately, giving God the glory, and as long as I do that, I would never lose. I would.
0: And, and, that, and that's one of the things that I noticed about you, man. I've been following you on Facebook for a while, man. And like you always give glory up to God, you know, and that's um, that's that, that that's a good look, man. You know, because oftentimes, you know, um, we can get busy in life, man, you know, and maybe not even intentionally, you know, just kind of forget about the plug or run off on the plug and the plug is God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so we, we that we can do that at times. Um, So now you're out, right? Um, seven, eight months later after that, uh, Oscar winning performance in a visiting role, right? And so like what what was those first steps you, you, you kinda started to do to kind of to kind of bring that dream into fruition of being an actor? Well, you know, my first year out of
1: prison, um, I landed a, a role in a small independent film. Um, and that when once I got on that set and saw the cameras and the lights and the you know, action, you know. And cut and it, it became like systematic in my brain, like, oh my God, I'm loving this. That was just right. a mess stick. And that right there lit the, lit the fire, you know, to the to the to the platform. And um I just did start doing background work. I did background work, little small studio film, stuff here and there just to get my foot wet. Right. And then um I did a couple of things with TV one, uh, and the ID channel. That was the, my base at the time for me to kind of build my foundation. But yeah. as everybody know, and it's all out there, Empire is what put me in the mainstream. Yeah. And that right there, I mean, like I tell you, I'm not saying that Empire was if I didn't do Empire that I want to progress in my career. But I can say I wouldn't progress as fast as I have to have done because you know, people have to understand Empire was the number one show in the world when I came in. It it just went to another level. Um, mm-hmm. beginning of season three uh and then you yeah, got season three and four Those was the highest record-breaking episodes um seasons you know oh. in the franchise so to come in and be a part of that you know i had people been hitting me up i didn't have to audition for nothing from tv one or or, or you no know, independent films simply because i'm on empire and it's a business you know if you're part of a yeah. prime time show and you're being featured and, and you know known from that it brings that same, you know, impact and, um, market uh, marketability to a, um, you know, a project of anybody else's. So it's, um, I mean, it's Empire, man. I, yeah, I can't that's all, right? That. No matter what I do, man, I done done tons of stuff, man, and still going, but yeah. Empire will always be a highlight and you, you know how it is, bro. If it ain't broke, you don't fix
0: it, you know? No, I, I, absolutely not, man. And so, um, it was a unique situation how you kind of got that recurring role. Can you kind of – can you talk about that? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I want people to understand about it, how bad if you want something, um, what you do to get it. I drove uh, to Chicago from VA seven times in one month, 14-hour drive, which means going to come is a 20-hour drive turnaround, mm. um, almost 2,000 miles. It's like, like 1,900 or something. Yeah. I did it seven times out of my pocket, you know, from – you know, tolls and hotels and food and gas. So and as an extra, you don't get paid like eighty dollars for like eight hours. So I wasn't seeing nothing. Um, and then the eighth time they called me, they had overbooked too many extras. But because they knew I drove so far, they sent me into another set. And I went to a set where exhibit, um, that's when he was really that's what he that's when he went from a guest star to a season regular. He just got promoted, upgraded. And there was a, a place where uh they were celebrating uh uh one of his uh, homies um memorials um in the serving line. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, whatever, you know, I seen exhibit, I saw the directors or whatever, they placed me, you know, in the crowd. And then another director came, the main director came and looked at me, kept going through, just give me the eye and talking to some of his you know people on set. And he asked me, he says, man, you know, where you from? And I told him how far I, you know, I drove and told him, you know, about my, you know, um, you know how i have been on set. And then he was, um, he said, man, like, you can hurt somebody, man. Like, you can, you know, like, you know, you can play one of the goons up there and all that stuff. I was like, well, I actually wasn't doing the force in real life. He says, what? So they opened the door for me to tell my testimony. I told my yeah. testimony. And he was like, this is like awesome, like authentic. So one of the guys up there, I never forget, he had uh, dreadlocks, he had a crazy looking eye. He took me off the stage. And he put me up there, did a camera test, and for that on that day, we, we, which was Exhibit's birthday, shout out to Exhibit, that's my bro. Um, we did. Uh, we went on set for sixteen hours, uh-huh. okay, and it was the best sixteen hours of my life because those seven times previously on Empire, I never got seen. If you saw me, it was a blur. You didn't know it was me which was good because then I can't even get upgraded to be this. So I left there, and two weeks later, um, in, in that same week, um, because I was doing House of Cards, too, at the time, I got my SAG eligibility letter to become SAG. And like a couple of days, maybe two, I believe, yeah, two days after that, Empire hit me up and said, we want to bring us a featured return for the oh. entirety of Shine's character as his, one of his main goons. And wow. then once I did that, uh, going towards the third season, they just said, "You know what? You are Shine's front man." So they said, "We're always have goons and people around, but you just uh-huh. just right here, man." So you can literally go to Google and just put <laughs> in uh, "Empire Shine Goom or "Goons." Ask whatever, ask and everything come about me, with with him. So it's it, it was it's gratitude that I I pay homage to. My empire family, you know, Wilder, Terri, will be the empire. Uh, the three other people uh, shot them out as well: Steve D'Amato, Cinda Henry, and Carlito Rodriguez. Those are the people that really blessed my life. And um, I, I, you know, people ask me, "Do you miss me on that set?" It was the best set that I was on. Yeah, the mainstream. I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna miss you know my empire family, you know, and and Terri getting her spit off so. You know, people ask me, oh, you gonna be on that? I don't know. Uh but I'm right now supporting Taraji. She's a great sis, a great mentor, and um as well as learning from Terrence and the exhibit. So life is good, man.
0: Yeah. So so what so what do you tell people that may be apprehensive about telling that story, right? Because I, I had a situation like that where I had just come home and I had met my who's my mentor now. And uh, I was kind of giving them my backstory, but I was a little bit hesitant. I, I think I was home for maybe three months. So I'm I'm super fresh out. And um, so I was still trying to get my, get comfortable with telling people my my experience. And so he kind of pulled me to the side. He's like, man, you know what? You got to own that. You got to own that situation, you know? And so, and that's what you did. Although you had to look of being and going and things that like nature, right? You, you'll fit in this role. But I think ultimately, it was your backstory, your real backstory. Oh yeah, that kind of gave that credence to that role, you know. And so I just wanted, yeah. So so so, what would you say to people that may be apprehensive or may be ashamed about what they've been through, and it could potentially kind of take them to another level? Well, we have to understand
1: this. When we did what we did in the streets, we wasn't ashamed. So why would you be ashamed not of the redemption part? Mm-hmm. Um, a story is not made to be, you know, put in a vault. A story is made to share with the world. Right. somebody out there is who's about to be in the same situation or mm-hmm. is going in that situation might can't, you know cannot you know you know revive from that they might end up getting killed in the graveyard so mm-hmm. seeing that, that you know that there's a way there's a chance that hope is more than hope hope is is an introduction to a change mm-hmm. um it it would give us our credence as as um as it you know it says in the bible. I I I ain't preaching, but I'm a man of God and I love God. Um, but it says that many called, but few was chosen, and well, you know we are the chosen ones. So you can't you can't fear. And we didn't fear people in the streets in our you know jurisdiction of of you know our criminal world and life. And and we did all these things or whatever. Why should we be afraid now? This is the time we need that same energy, that same energy we had in the streets, that same energy we had you know being you know if you're a thug or a gangster or a hustler you know, going for whatever whatever your your MO was in the streets. Now you have a chance to do it in a positive way. Have that same energy. Share the world, you know what I mean? You ain't got to sell drugs to shoot nobody. Now you can give Mm -hmm. away free knowledge. You can show people, instead of doing drive-bys on your own people, you know, that you do drive-bys spiritually to the enemy. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and And just man, live life. Live life. Whatever you're passionate about, go for it. Make sure that the people around you are, um, you know they are built in a, in a form of knowing that they are going to you know be at your best interest. You know what I mean? They're going to motivate you. They're going to elevate you. Mm-hmm. If you got anybody in your team or around you that you know you you have a second guess, get rid of them. It's all about it's, it's it's all about your environment, your structure, um, and people who want to see you win and push you. And I had a, you know I had a couple of people I had to get rid of, you know, but I got but I have a team now that you know that's very effective. I have a team now that's um that, you know, continue to push me and to, um, I don't want to say market my testimony. Uh, of course, market my brain as an actor, but my testimony is nothing to be market. My mm-hmm. testimony is just truth. It's like your truth. Mm-hmm. And that truth is important, so important that we have to share it.
0: You know, we have to share it. So. Absolutely. So for um, any other men and women out there that that want to be an actor, right? You mentioned the sad card. Um, you schooled me on what that was. It, it, it's a very, very important, I guess, um, declaration, if you will. Um, so if you can kind of break that down and, and explain to the audience what, what a side card is and, and how that's very, very um valuable. Well, I mean, I mean, if you're trying to be a successful and professional actor, actress, you gotta
1: have it. there's no way around it. I mean, and I explained to everybody, uh Nunyan or you know, uh, you know, background is like playing high high school you know basketball or college basketball sag is like playing the NBA that's your professional card mm. you know but just like anything else in the NBA once you become a professional what are you gonna do with the ball are you gonna be bench or are you gonna be a starter what are you going to do so the same thing with acting sag is a union it's a uh, you know uh, a society of of the of elite actors and actors from you know the bottom of the totem pole in the you know begins the mainstream to the top it's what you need. If you're trying to get any major role, um, under the eyes of Hollywood, the top pay, all this stuff, you have to be sag. Yeah. If you're trying to get an agent, a legitimate agent, um, or manager, you have to be sag, which means screen right. on screen actors guild. Uh SAG is so big as you can see he happens on the war show at the Oscars. You see Denzel, he um mm-hmm. won um uh, the SAG Award. You see Morgan mm-hmm. Freeman, all of them won the lifetime achievement, and Robert De Niro. So it's big. It's the it's
0: the top of the top. That's the yeah. top of the top. Okay, so ne- next in the next couple of weeks, man, you got a you got a big film coming out, man. Charm City Kings, man, um, kind of star studded. Um, you alone, guys like Meek Mill, produced by uh, Jada and Will Smith. Uh, can talk talk about that, man. You know, it's it's a culture on the East Coast. It's not really that big over here. As far as like the yeah. dirt bikes and motorbikes and stuff like that, but yeah. it's huge over in Baltimore and Philly. And I know uh, th- those guys are really looking forward forward to that and it's exposing um the world to this to this particular culture in the city. Uh, so can you can you talk about the, the movie and your role and everything of that nature?
1: Yeah. So I made a Kimberly, your appearance as the uh, Trap House King fan. Um Charles the Kings is based on the documentary The Twelve O'Clock Boys. Um so uh Will and Jada uh, of course adapted that uh documentary and they turn into, you know, the movie that's coming out, Charles to the Kings. Um and it's about, you know, basically three boys in Baltimore. Uh they want to join this gang. They want to feel important. They want to be a part of their culture. Uh the main the main bum guy, um uh I, I wanna pronounce his name right. Uh I think his name Jaid, or something like that. I don't wanna mess his name up. Mm-hmm. But he uh, he was a boy that played um uh in with Taraji and Proud Murray. Excellent actor, excellent actor. And, um, you know, he's trying to find his way he to be important, and he thinks joining the gang or joining the the the, the, uh, the dirt bike gang will make him feel you know, that it's important, will make him feel like he's somebody. What he doesn't know is that he's not joining a typical gang. Uh, as it's about dirt bikes. There's a lot of stuff behind that dirt bike gang. You know, chaos, you know, drugs, all type of stuff. But right. well, he's so far deep into it, you know, basically, you know what I'm saying, he's he losing himself. His mom is trying to you know, convince him not to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Meek Mills, who uh, who's playing um, was something like a, a mentor to him because Meek Mills used to be a part of the original dirtbag game um, in, you know, Charles the Kings. So there's a lot of um, roller coaster moments. Um, There's a lot of uh, wisdom to kids who want to join gangs uh, or, or, or be important or feel part of a culture. But sometimes it can be ultimately for the wrong reason. So it's going to be, it's going to be, man, phenomenal. Man. It's, it's like the most anticipated movie coming to HBO Max. And as I was talking about it, we're supposed to have been in the, in the movie theaters, but of course COVID-19. So right. the date kept changing. So, you know, to find a home, um, at HBO, HBO is a legendary, you know, network. Uh, it's, it's very, uh,
0: yeah, it's awesome, okay, man. Great, man. Hey, what? so what What else is upcoming for you, man? I know you got a lot of big projects coming, and I know you stay working, man, in school full time. So, what, yeah. what, what can we expect?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, we um, the developer wife, uh, I play uh, a featured bodyguard on there, it's gonna be on UMC, and okay. then in the beginning of uh, next year, it'll be on BET. Uh the previous movie I did Volkov uh, by listening to productions, um, which I just became a produ- one of the new producers of it um company. So much time with the company with my brother George Dibble, who I love very much. Um like family, we bought the um start back shooting again the uh sequel um called Volkov Origin. Mm-hmm. Um uh it's it's so much to get coming my way. Uh the disciples. Uh, by my family, 3 HP, um boss man Troy Edwards. Um I pl- I'm gonna play a Kingpin named Ja. Uh, that's gonna be interesting, but it's not your typical gangster movie. It's a, uh, it's, a it's a redemption factor from mm. uh, the streets to the kingdom, as the motto says on the uh, the promo. And um also uh working in with another production company called Never Too Young Productions by um a good friend of mine, sister Christ Marie uh you know, Donna, um, April, Jackie, um, uh, Kevin, uh, Kenneth. It, it's, it's it's a lot of people the name, but they right. know who they are. Uh shout out to them, um, his family. Got a lot of a bunch of things coming from that. So I'm just blessed. I'm blessed to be a part of so many things. I feel like that, you know, as long as God give me enough strength and um, you know, uh air in my body to do those things, I'm always, you know, uh, fortunate. And uh, with great gratitude, sincerity to do those things, and not so much for popularity, but to show people that there's no limit to what God can do for you. And if
0: you accept your calling, your purpose, then you're always going to win. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you mentioned producer. I didn't let yeah. that get past me. And so, um, so what's what's pretty much the role of of, of the producer? <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I've learned a producer does everything. It's not a one a one man thing, uh, mm-hmm. or one or one uh, attribute. Uh, producers go can do anything from help with the scheduling. Uh, they can help with the casting, helping to make sure that people are checked in, make sure that the uh, lead, you know, the stars or whatever, they have everything that's proper for them as far as you know their food or drinks or with wardrobe. Um, also help with the marketing, brand, and the overall set. Um, make sure that you know it just they they just they 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 close the gaps in between the bridges. Okay. Uh, also, also with the camera stuff, you know they they do stuff behind the camera to make sure you know what I mean. They help assist and make sure that the director have full focus. So it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. Everything is, I, I, I you know I tell people that if you want to be a great actor, and, and, you know you have to understand the business, learn mm. both sides of the camera. And I feel as though that if I'm on the other side of the camera. I I gotta do my job better as an actor because I already know what they're looking for.
0: Mm. So, I, yeah. like, I, I like I like that man. So, last question, man, your ideal role? What What does that look like?
1: Um, I say anything that's that's inspirational. I don't do some stuff like like as far as faith based. Mm. Um, something that's totally away from me being the you know tough guy, gangster guy, whatever. You know the 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 more sensitive side. I think mm. as an actor, uh, uh, you know, no matter how big you are, or how dominant or masculine you are, the sensitivity of that shows a greater depth and range in what you can do as far as your work and your craft. So anything along that lines, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. great, 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 man. Thank you, bro. Thank I really appreciate you coming on. It's been super inspiring. Where can the audience find you? I know you're on Facebook everywhere, but you got a Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
1: the first thing I tell people is Google my name, Charles D. Clark. A lot of, of stuff that I'm attached to is on that. That's okay. uh, so my IMDB. Uh, my Instagram is, is real easy. It's Charles D. Clark, 1980. And my uh, Twitter is C. Clark Inspired, C-C-L-A-R-K-I-N-S-P-I-R-E, and the number seven. And, um, yeah, and then, of course, on Facebook. but there's uh, not forget the D. It's Charles D. Clark because that's my name, rest on the sag. Anybody else might see a cab or a school teacher whatever. <laughs> all right, all
0: right. <laughs> okay, man. Well, thank, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another dope episode of Escaping the Odds. My main man, Charles D. Clark. And um, you can find the, the podcast on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Radio. Uh, we got the YouTube channel going. Uh, Facebook, of course. Instagram, Escaping the Odds podcast. Also, um, Escapingtheodds.com, where you can be able to review not only just this particular interview, but uh, 32 other videos as well. And so let's keep it rolling, man. We're here to inspire, unlocking and freedom. Um, continue to like, subscribe, share, and uh, continue to support us as well. You know, opportunities over penitentiary. That's what we like to say here. So uh, once again, bro, I thank you. Thank you, man, for coming yeah, through, man, yeah. and inspiring and uh, let, letting the world know and helping change the narrative of what the former incarcerated looks like. And so uh, we'll we be in touch, bro. Thanks again, bro. Appreciate you. Me too. Salute. All right. righty.